Hey, terrifying enlightenment. I think we're up to about week nine or something. We've got a full house tonight. We have Sharon, our physio. Hello. We have Christo, our jack of all tradeser and amazing <laughs> person in general. We have uh, two new guests here that Christo has kindly brought along. We have David and we have Rob from uh, Inward Bound. And guys, I'm gonna just pass it over to you straight away. What is Inward Bound? What's your mission? Enlighten us. Yeah, Inward Bound, eh? Uh, yeah, Ireland's first psychedelic retreat programs. Um, legal. Why is it legal? Because we're flying people over to the Netherlands where psilocybin truffles are uh, fully legal. So, uh, yeah, we're Irish lads. Um, we saw a desperate need for this practice with uh, so many mental health issues in the world, you know, and people wanting to experience themselves get to know themselves a bit better, to grow, to self-actualization. Um, and all the research has been coming out recently with the, in the research institutions um, that's shown that psychedelics have this remarkable effect on mental health. So yeah, we, uh, we jumped in and said, let's make this happen. Um, we've designed a, a beautiful retreat program. Um, not only for Irish people, of course, but people coming in from all over the world. And uh, yeah, that's, that's us. We're starting our first one in March, it's already sold out. And then we'd be running them, you know, regularly over in, in the Netherlands. Amazing, guys. I am. Um, I'm going to play Dave, devil's advocate today because um, I'm on your side. I've I've done all this stuff, and um, I can understand the mental health benefits myself, especially from a mm. psychologist or student psychologist point of view. So I'm going to pretend I don't know anything and start asking questions from that plan, uh, point of view. So, for example, why would someone who just use psychedelics let's say as an illegal substance why what, what would you say what how does it help someone with their mental health surely this stuff is illegal mm. because it's bad for you yeah it's some good some interesting points there so <clears throat> in the 1960s it was the first wave first renaissance of psychedelic research and psychiatrists were using uh, psilocybin and LSD for treating mental health problems but there was a political backlash against that because the drugs became uh, out in the street as such and they were misused they were used in the wrong set and setting and there was a fallout from that so what we're doing in the second wave of psychedelic research is how do you hold space in a safe um, way for people and there's a lot of cutting-edge scientific research from some of the best research universities in the world so john hopkins university uh, in the united states and imperial college london showing incredible potential for the use of psilocybin for depression and anxiety and end-of-life anxiety and a range of conditions when administered in a, within the correct set and setting which is really important to emphasize with the correct dosage in conjunction with other forms of therapy and that's what we're doing um, do you guys want to tell me about your journey towards where you how this began and your own entries into this 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 kind of sphere of, of life yeah well my personal background is I well I was a I am an outdoor guide uh, by, by since I left college. Um, I travelled all over the world. I'm jealous. Yeah, um, but due to, you know, it was, it's, it's amazing. But I've kind of transitioned away from that through, through various different uh, traumas in my own life that I experienced. So since about, about 2013, I, I started retraining as a psychotherapist, uh, graduated as a, a psychotherapist, and found this healing journey in my own self of how, how to, you know, well, heal yourself. And through that, I discovered uh, psilocybin and ayahuasca and the power of the plants um, to really go deep, mm. uh, to really go deep to the core core issues of someone's uh, inner 
inner traumas or self-actualization. It's not all dark, it can be a lot of light as well. So the potential to explore your own psyche is, is huge with these substances when done correctly. And it is important to emphasize that because there are risks if it's, if it's not done safely. I have a very similar story to yourself mm. in that um, I've been reading and listening to a lot of, let's say, spiritual teachers or um, enlightened people, let's say, for probably a decade. Mm. And I conceptually understood everything. And I would actually say the same things as I say now, but the difference in the experience of of this other perspective on life that the uh, substances literally give you the first hand experience rather than the conceptual idea makes so much more difference uh, than just these conceptual ideas and i think that for someone who's struggling mentally the, that ability to step aside from their rigid viewpoint even if they don't realize they have a rigid viewpoint allows them to almost look at their life from a completely different point of view and then that gives them the space to grow and change and maybe heal as well. What do you think, David? Yeah, that worked for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's my story. Um, you know, I, I don't advise anyone to start a dog food company without trying the dog food. Really? So here we are doing a psychedelic treat company and we've all been through it. And that's why we're, we're motivated to do it it's from the heart. Mm. These substances have helped me enormously. Uh, I used to suffer from depression, anxiety, like I think 20 to 30% of Irish people have chronic depression. I was one of that number and essentially healed myself with psychedelics. Um, and then I got to a point where it's like, oh, what's next? And I was basically told by mm, forest, the forest in South America, to tell me to go home to Ireland and find your native medicine which is mushrooms, mm -hmm. and tell everyone about it. Tell the others, you know, it's like, it's Earth itself, it's saying, wake up, humans, you know, we, I have the answers for mm. many of the issues you're, you're, you're suffering with, and they're growing under your feet, you know, and we have them here in Ireland, mm -hmm. out, out in the hills, like not 20 kilometers away from where we are, we have our own native psychedelic medicine that can help people, and it's illegal. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to realize that the mushrooms that we have naturally growing in Ireland are actually some of the strongest variety in the yeah. world. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. The stronger they are, the more helpful they can be almost. So mm -hmm. it's just it's something that people need to be informed mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. And and like we all are aware of the drinking culture in Ireland. And it's almost when, when people consume alcohol, you can have a great time. There's nothing wrong with having a drink, but you're really it's generally an escape. And it causes more problems rather than fixing some of the problems that you may have. And we all know about hangovers and the you're basically ingesting a toxin that your liver has to process. And in the, in the while you're intoxicated, your inhibitions are lowered and you have a, have a little bit of a good time. Maybe you make some bad decisions, maybe you get in a fight or maybe just do things that you're not proud of the next day. Or maybe you have a great time. Who knows, depending on, on, on your experience with alcohol. But when you take something like a psychedelic, you're thrown into your own psyche and you have to walk that line between chaos and order let's not go too deep into that because it gets very complicated but i find that that you you start to see your own tendencies from a point of view where you're like oh my god i didn't realize i did that all the time for that reason and suddenly once you understand something or the problem you can start changing the problem i think sharon has been jumping into this space regularly um, mm -hmm. over the last two years since she's met me as well and it's been relatively relative, uh, relative for her. 
What? what? <laughs> Revelatory. That's Revelatory. the one. Got there. All I know is I have never woken up with the fear from psychedelics, and that's a huge mm. deal. Mm. I've woken up with the fear from alcohol, and it just makes everything worse. I've woken up with the fear from. Actually, I've never done anything else. But uh, yeah, never woken up with the fear. I've done psychedelics a good few, a, a good lot of times now at this stage, um, and it's just getting better and better. Granted, confused and hard and difficult and. I've been on a roller coaster, but it's slowly, slowly getting much, much better. Yeah. Sharon is the poster girl for somebody who was very anti-drugs. Oh, yeah. Very anti-drugs mm. and had her preconceptions. And she grew up in a, a rougher part of Dublin. Mm-hmm. And so she saw a lot of the trouble that drugs can bring to a community. Um, and so her attitude was, these are bad. These are going to cause problems. And... I managed to corrupt her mind. <laughs> he didn't. No, he, no. I, I, I just. He didn't corrupt presented it. you with the evidence. I'm very, I'm very research, research, research. Just given my health professional background, so I'm like, show me, show me the evidence, show me the evidence, and Mark just kept showing me the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and then I could see the evidence with him. He was like an actual case study right in front of me. Right. So I was, I just couldn't. So it was like what nine months or something. Well, he, you told me about the ayahuasca first. Hmm. And then it was like about nine months after mushrooms before I decided to take them. And then I was very kind of mm. careful with them. But uh, every time, <laughs> every time now, I'm like, I should have taken more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Don't diddle the dose. <laughs> no, I'll stop. Yeah. I, every time I'm like, oh, should have taken more. Mm. But um, they've been fantastic in, in helping me mm. let go of fears, anxieties, um, irrational thoughts. Mm. Just... Yeah. just egoic way of living in general I've just I'm, don't get me wrong I'm not there <laughs> I'm not in that place where I'm completely free um, but we'll see we'll see it's getting better guys um, so let's your your next retreat's booked out mm. say there's someone out there and they go hmm I'm sold I'm kind of scared to do it by myself but these guys can maybe guide me through something new um, what would someone expect if they were to sign up and come yeah. on, on one of your journeys so so the first thing to say is that we're not pushing any on anyone we we're very careful who we take on these retreats and we screen people carefully um, at the moment uh, we don't take anyone with severe mental health problems or people who are very sick um, so anyone with schizophrenia psychosis severe depression bipolar personality disorders uh, we don't take and then we there's a careful screening process because I really liked what you were saying about how um, you need to be introduced slowly to this, these psilocybin and so we, we screen people we, we have a consultation um, uh, session and it's a mutual exchange of ideas so if, if the, the fit if the, if the fit if the fits there we take people yeah. and otherwise we don't and then we, we go on the retreat and afterwards there's a really important uh, integration process which is also equally important mm-hmm. because I, I really hear what you're saying you know there's in this country in particular I think there's a lack of consciousness uh, you know there's so much shame and trauma yeah. in the Irish psyche we inherited it you know it's been passed down in our DNA or epigenetically and these medicine these medicines help go there but it needs to be done in the correct way yeah. you know people there has been terrible fallout from from the misuse of drugs and from the unconscious use of drugs and we've all seen that the, you know the, that can happen but what we're talking about is using these as conscious, consciously as possible, as tools for exploring your own psyche, expanding your consciousness, and uh, healing. Yeah. Um, 
I've been talking to a few people uh, that have taken some magic mushrooms and psychedelics and, uh, recently, and I'm very surprised because I, because of my first experience with ayahuasca, mm. when I decided to take psilocybin, I did it in a, in an in intention way where I was like, okay, this is something that's going to be quite deep, and I need to respect it, and I actually. I actually go to the park, Phoenix Park, by myself. I find a quiet place and I sit down and, and I'm in nature and the process is self-exploration. I don't actually want to, let's say, have a good time, so to speak. Um, but other people I've spoken to who have had experience with psychedelics and they've taken it, like they've gone to Amsterdam, mm. you know, and they're out for a party and they're <laughs> laughing all night. They're like, oh, these will make you laugh all night. We had a great time. <laughs> and you're like wow that's so far from so it's the same substance and yet it's so far from my own experience which is so unbelievably profound and so uh spiritual really uh that it's it's incredible to to try and show people that your intention Mm. matters so much and they they will they will give you what you deserve so to speak um what are your thoughts? Yeah, on I mean, you're absolutely right. Intention is key. And in our retreats, we'll start setting intention weeks before, you know, start getting people to think about that. Why are you coming here? And get it really clear. Um, and then they'll have much better results because of that. I don't I don't think taking them recreationally is necessarily a bad thing. I think just giggling with your friends for the evening is, is, is enormously healing. Absolutely healing. But in our retreats, there's no giggling. You know, sometimes maybe, but the intention is totally different. People are are not there to laugh about things. They're there to do the deep inner work. Mm -hmm. So the mushrooms react to that Mm -hmm. and they they give you what you you request of them, you know. That's Um, like, I suppose I have a question there as in, right, it's great setting intentions. I've done it myself, but every single time I had an intention. It didn't. It it, it mm. did something different, mm. but it was exactly what I needed mm-hmm. at that point to lead to the next thing, to lead to the next thing. So each following dose after that would yeah. complement the last bit. And if I didn't know the last bit, then I wouldn't have wouldn't have learned the what next a piece part. Of the puzzle, yeah. So regardless of my intentions, and I think I said this to Mark a lot, I've stopped expecting anything. Yeah, don't intentions is not the setting intention is not the same as having expectations. <laughs> expectations, expectations yeah. are very dangerous to have because yeah. you'll only end up disappointed. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we try to say to people, don't have any expectations about how yes. it's going to turn out. It's not going to be like the movies. It's not going to mm-hmm. be like this or that. It's going to mm-hmm. be something completely different. And you'll, like you say, Sharon, mm-hmm. you get exactly what you need. Yes, every time. Without fail. Like, and you won't even realize at the moment. Maybe it comes with days or weeks later. Yeah, and so I'm still in awe. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I say to him as well. Every time I underestimate them. Mm. Every time you forget, and you're thinking, ah, it'd be, it'd be good, it'd be good, and then you come out again after another experience, and you're going, wow, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> I can't believe it. I, yeah. I forgot how powerful they were and how good they are. Um, but yeah, expectation completely different to having an intention, and I suppose. I think with intention for me, it doesn't mean, oh, I have an intention and it's going to be resolved within one mm. thing. It might not. It could take a few. Yes. So well, you're, that's you're, what I found. You're, you're tapping into a really deep truth there yeah. um, based on, you know, the work of guys like Carl Jung and mm-hmm. Stan, Dr. Stanislav Grof, mm-hmm. the famous psychiatrist whose model that we use. Mm-hmm. They recognise that the psyche is a self-regulating mechanism. <laughs> and by that, they meant that whatever comes up from your subconscious is what's meant to come up 
So there's a couple of ways to tap into your subconscious dream work being the most obvious, but mm -hmm. uh, psilocybin allows us to go into our own subconscious minds. And <clears throat> it really, in a way, there's a safety valve built in because it allows you to go to the depths that you're ready and able to go to. Um, you can end up in some challenging places. You can go into anxiety or fear, but generally there's a reason for going there and it gives you a different perspective on those anxieties and fear, you know, and then there's uh, a healing to be found through that. Yeah. So once you see it as self-exploration of your own sub and, sub and collective conscious, mm -hmm. unconscious, um, it really kind of opens up a whole world of, of self-exploration. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crystal, <laughs> <coughs> tell, us, tell us, tell us, tell us, what your opinion on all of this is how you're you're related to it what you envision for the future of of all this stuff you know what i envision is a world that doesn't deny the access to these natural medicines that we need to have uh, access to simple as that <laughs> it's as simple as that just just let me dig from the ground and heal myself mm. Stop taking things that are inherent in the world and banning them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ban the stuff that you make. Ban the stuff that your pharmaceutical companies make. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, ban all that. Don't ban what nature, what Gaia gave me, mm. what Gaia gave us, mm. what Gaia gave herself. So that's my standpoint. You know, I'm very gung-ho on this. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but to be honest, I am as well, Crystal. Yeah. But I just, I realize the standpoint that a person like myself, if I was listening to this four or five years ago, would, would have. Yeah. And so I try and speak to those people. But if I was 100% honest, I'd be very gung-ho as well. I'm like, yeah. take it. You'll understand when you take it. Well, you won't understand until you take it. When that's I it. Oh, true. Mm. When I say gung-ho, though, I don't mean force-feeding people. Because, no. mm -hmm. again, it's like, if you're not sick, don't take the medicine. Mm -hmm. You know? So I think there comes a point in someone's life where it might call them. So let it call you rather than you calling it. And you I think know, we live in a sick society, though. We <laughs> do. To say that. We do. And I think everyone is sick, know, but not everyone knows. Yeah, I suppose playing devil's advocate, you mm -hmm. could say that people may come from the point of view. Well, if it's legal, then everyone's just going to keep using it. I'm like, OK that definitely could be a possibility but I do think that with this type of substance it is more difficult for the majority of people to keep using <laughs> such a difficult yeah. absolutely you know after a night on the mushrooms the last thing you want to do the next day is get, get back on it you're like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think I, I've had enough of my fill for a while yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting to note then uh, it was they were made illegal by Mary Harney the, the fresh ones were made illegal by Mary Harney in 2006 because someone jumped a man called Colin Hodgkinson jumped out of a balcony and God rest his soul, uh, but he had a cocktail of drugs, he had cocaine, mm. he had okay. alcohol, he had all that mm. stuff, and they blame, they blame the mushrooms, you know. I'm not sure exactly what model is going to work legally speaking. Yeah. Do you need a, a license? Do you need to have a clinical practitioner or the free for? I, I, I'm on the fence with that. Mm. Mm. But definitely prohibition is, is not serving the people who need it most. That always reminds me of the Bill Hicks line, which is about how, like, <laughs> if you think you can fly, take off from the ground first. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you, if you, <laughs> He's basically you know. saying people are Yeah, he stupid. was like, good, we yeah. lost, good, we lost an idiot. Like, <laughs> if you think you can fly, 
then take off from the ground. Like you don't need to jump out of a window. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like you like you were mentioning earlier, it's important to screen and make sure that you're not uh, people. These people who this guy who jumped off a balcony. Who knows what was going on with him? Yeah, and I, do you think, I do think it is important to, to note that mm-hmm. you know people like there have been tragedies and people do yeah. do have bad experiences. And mm-hmm. I just think that's important to mention. Like it, they these are amazing tools mm-hmm. and they're very valuable but and there is a but and that is important to recognize mm-hmm. because you know um, if they're not done in the correct way if you take too much if you're in an unsafe environment or if you're not in the right headspace you can have traumatic and damaging experiences and just anyone who's you know 16 years old and listens to this <laughs> uh, I think it is important to just yeah. put that out there find someone with experience um, like mm-hmm. Rob's not saying you have to come with us Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone has their own path yeah. you know you can you can do it by yourself if you have some experience if you do your research you don't have to come with us mm. do you know what i mean <coughs> but definitely don't go in um yeah and rob can tell you some horror stories but don't go in without any research without any educate without educating yourself because you don't know what the dose is you don't know that you need to be in a safe place you know if you just take a handful of mushrooms and go into Grafton Street you're gonna ha- not maybe have a nice such a nice time take yeah. a handful good luck <laughs> <laughs> for your first time <laughs> okay guys I've signed up I'm I've got on the flight I've landed in uh, Holland uh, what's the next step am I driving to a, to a specific place what's the place like uh, are food included accommodation included uh, is there uh, a therapy-like process where you introduce people to some of the uh, conceptual ideas of what they might expect on this experience is there multiple doses is is it mm. three times over the weekend what's what's the layout yeah so <clears throat> um the people we're catering for are really people who don't have access you know if, you, if you're young and living in ireland you can probably access these medicines yourself we're we're catering for people who really want to try these things and can't um, so we're we're providing a model that's uh, very safe and very held. We have a beautiful retreat centre in Holland. Uh, we have a team at, um, of facilitators with a range of different skills, from art therapy to yoga. Um, we do a lot of group work, facilitation, circle work. Um, the first evening, we get everyone to know each other, break down the boundaries, connect people, connect them to themselves and each other. Um, and then we do two step doses over over a two day period, um, with the, and then a two day integration period with a with a uh, with a lot of group work, um, body work, embodiment. So people are really connecting back into themselves mm-hmm. because you can go quite far out. So we're bringing people back in, uh, really as you mentioned, grounding. Mm-hmm. So embodiment for me means. Um, or, or integration for me means embodying the vision, so bringing it back to the body and sending them home, um, hopefully happy and healthy and mm-hmm. a big smile on their face. <laughs> yeah. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole embodiment, the yoga, yeah, the yeah, yeah. body work, getting mm-hmm. to know each other, creating a safe environment, safe space, that sounds really important. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, and the, the group is important. Mm-hmm. People don't realise how important it is that you're coming together and you yeah. often learn a lot from witnessing other people's journeys. Absolutely, yeah. And people make bonds for life in the group you know people really uh th- then they come back t- again uh, or they'll stay in contact and share each other's stories uh so that group energy is like lovely to see mm-hmm. and it, it's a case of us kind of getting out of the way we're not the saviors we're not the wizards we're just setting things up so you guys can do your work yeah do you know what i mean yeah so definitely not trying to stroke egos at all and trying to be as completely invisible mm-hmm. to the participants and just allowing space for them to do their work 
Um, and like Rob said, those two days after the, the, the mushroom work or for integration, then we've uh, loads of activities or, you know, you can do nothing if you if you really want your own personal time. Yeah. You can go out into nature, it's out in the forest. Yeah. You uh, you can do your own thing. You know, we'll be there to not supervise but to answer questions because we have the experience and the qualifications to, to bring in whatever works best in the research models as uh, proposed by uh, Maps, John Hopkins, mm -hmm. and Imperial College London primarily. Uh, Maps is the multidisciplinary. Association for Psychedelic Studies, isn't that right? And yeah, Maps.org maps is the, yeah. the website. So if anybody out there is doubting the, the validity of what we're saying, just go onto that website and you will see that they're going into, I think, phase three trials in America, which is basically that they have proven, very, very strongly proven evidence that this is very, very, very powerful and um, legitimate medication that can really help, and in particular, treatment treatment resistant depression mm -hmm. so people who have gone through the mill mm. and they're really at their wits end and i think that um what rob said that while you guys at the moment don't cater for let's say people with mm. schizophrenia or bipolar disorder personally i think that long term mm. those are the people that would benefit the most mm. from this but obviously they're the people who need the most amount of guidance this the slow the the longest integration period mm the the most amount of therapy to go along with it because first of all i i was very attached to my psych uh, what i call what I, I term my my psychological self so you have your idea of yourself as your mind your thoughts and um i think mindfulness is becoming quite quite um popular nowadays in fact i'm going to be giving some mindfulness talks to a company um for the next four weeks and it's very easy to explain to people that you're not your body. If you mm -hmm. chop your arm off, it's still you. You don't look like what you look like when you were five. So there's, there's things are changing. You're not your body. Okay. Now, what else are you not? You're not your mind. Mm -hmm. So you're not the thoughts. The thoughts are transient. There's gaps between the thoughts. When you're sleeping, you're still there and <coughs> so on and so on and so on. But to actually experience yourself as not your mind and your mind is racing mm -hmm. and confused, trying to figure out what's going on, why it can't control what's happening I think that's a very difficult experience to navigate through and I think that if somebody can be guided through it with a therapist mm. a, sh a sh shama shamanic practitioner and someone who really knows the territory it's a very very valuable thing so I applaud you for doing what you're doing and I think it's very needed mm. thank you thank you and I think you're there's a couple of points you're right you're right in saying there's so much potential for other ways of working within the psychiatric system and that's going to happen I think in, in future mm -hmm. um, Working with very sick people, our model we're not we're not ca we, we can't work with them right now. Um, but also what you mentioned there about me mindfulness and meditation. So these are tools and really powerful and beautiful tools. But I think you're right. If you don't have some form of meditation or mindfulness practice, whether it be whatever it might be, um, it's very hard to embody or to ground the psychedelic experience. So I would say it's almost essential to have a mindfulness program. Uh, mindfulness practice and if your mindful meditation practice is, is strong and deep enough you can go to these spaces without the use of any substance you know these tibetan masters living in a cave would actually have these psychedelic experiences just from these darkness meditations they would do so so the mind is an amazing thing and we're just these are made ways of exploring yeah i was trying to think of because i'm preparing for these talks and i was trying to think of how to get across the idea of not being able to describe an experience 
Mm. And there's this fruit in Thailand called smelly fruit. Mm. Yeah. Have any, Green, any of you yeah. had smelly fruit? Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. Okay, perfect. This is exactly this is sweet. It's actually very tasty, but it smells disgusting, right? So there is no way I could possibly explain through words what this thing tastes like. I could be like, it's sweet. Well, like, like what? Like an orange? No, not like an orange. Like a pear? No. It's kind of, it's kind of like a me thing. Um, passion fruit yeah. but not really gassy, it smells really bad but tastes really good like there's I could talk for infinity mm. but unless you actually ate the fruit mm. which is the sensation which is the actual experience mm. you can't know what that fruit tastes like mm. similarly with something like swimming if someone was to if I was to try to teach someone how to swim without ever letting them in the water and show them the arms movements mm. and everything cool running style in the bathtub exactly <laughs> <hey>? <laughs> It doesn't matter. That person will not learn how to swim mm. unless they get into some water. Mm-hmm. And it's even saying this doesn't get across the mm. point that unless you are in a space where you realize that your psychological self is not who you are. Mm. Because we go around our lives mm. re- thinking that that is who we are. But that's only a very small part of who we are. And it's actually full of misconceptions and half-truths. And, and so when, when you experience that that's not who you are, it doesn't matter how much preparation you have had other than there's someone there with you telling you it's okay, okay. Mm. it's okay mm-hmm. relax calm it's and all right that's exactly it I, like it's 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 the difficulty of describing the psychedelic yeah. experience to someone who's never had that experience it's impossible mm. when you're talking about these mystical states of consciousness that all great civilizations had you know a, a vocabulary for in a way except ours we've kind of we're stuck in this materialist bubble that doesn't mm. we've lost touch but there's yeah. such a demand people want Mm-hmm. these transcendent experiences yeah. whatever way that might be some people it's nature connection or yoga or meditation um so yeah it's it's really wonderful to be part of and then the other thing to mention of course is that a lot of these states are actually beyond language yeah. so language doesn't even begin hugely to describe beyond them. language hugely language beyond is the problem <laughs> yeah mm. that's the issue <laughs> so uh, every experience i have i will talk to, i've started to we've, we started to talk less now about it because mm-hmm. yeah. i'm i'm like there's no point. <laughs> yeah, you end up <laughs> just, just, ruin just it, but you taking get, the power away from it if you put words back. on it and labels on it. And that's why yeah. we prescribe uh, a period of mm. sacred or noble silence. Yes, absolutely. After each uh, session, because then people aren't inclined. People mm. aren't. Um, they're, they're encouraged not to try and put the intellectual mind on it and, yes. and, and you know reduce it to something that that can be verbalized. And often take away the the majesty and the mystery um, yeah. of the experience so I we say like, don't, don't even try for a while revert a little bit yeah. if you talk about it for too, for too long yeah it's true because you get caught up in the I the me I mm. me mine mm. I did this I did that during it I did this you, it's just yeah. that's not what you're trying to achieve but I remember Mark for months and months before I ever tried psychedelics he was always describing it to me like the concepts and telling me that this that and the other like like telling someone how to swim where you're never really gonna yeah. know what it's like and I'd always say to him I get it I understand but that's not helping me <laughs> I get it it's not helping me now <laughs> yeah. and then I experience it and I go ah oh, it's helping me now because there's nothing like thinking about it and conceptualising yeah. it it's completely completely different when you actually feel it they're just not the same at all Um Oh, you do say they're two sides of the same. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah, but it's just, there's no point. You can talk till you're blue in the face about this, but the experience is just, you can't. 
Mm. You, you can't. And that's that's why people come to our retreats with a certain level of anxiety is because mm-hmm. we can't. There's no way we can describe. It. Yeah. <laughs> what you're and yeah. just that basic fear of the unknown. Like, what am I getting myself mm. into? People are maybe flying in from the yeah. states or something like that across the ocean to do one of these things. Mm-hmm. And of course they're going to be nervous cause, and there's nothing we can say. It's like, no, no. it's going to be fine. Nobody's come and regretted it. So afterwards you're going to look back and think, what was I so nervous about? You just have to say you'll be fine after. You'll be fine, yeah, you'll be fine after. <laughs> you'll like, be uh, changed. Yeah. But that's that's why you come. We embrace mm. change, you mm. know. Um, and then we check in. Afterwards we have a group call. We have a consultation. That's great, yeah. And we have lots of little check-ins afterwards to see how people are getting on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we care like it's it's not just like uh, sending them off after say you can do uh, ayahuasca work here but you have the traveling shaman coming in and then you never see him again yeah. you never see the group again and people are going back to the work the next day and going what the hell just what happened like how, do I, <laughs> how on earth can I integrate this in, into my life and a lot of people maybe just package it up and, and, and don't process it and it's probably experience. don't go further then yeah don't go any further yeah um from let's say a lay person's point of view if again if you talked to me three four years ago and you said shaman i would have imagined some indian looking like a native american looking guy mm. uh making <coughs> funny noises shaking a rattle mm. and uh kind of i would have said just doing very superstitious stuff with gullible people yeah. so that is not my opinion anymore whatsoever but again looking in from the outside how would you describe what the shaman is doing and and yeah. and and what they're what their expertise is. That's a really good point. First of all, to, to state clearly that we don't see ourselves as shamans. We're not working. Um, well, we've been trained shamanically as shamanic counselors with the, in the Irish Centre uh, for Shamanic and Transpersonal. Is that in studies. Waterford? No, it's then in um, Mead. Okay. It's, got, it's been there for 20 years. And plus, it's a really amazing place. Um, and just to state, sh- shamanism is a really simple healing modality mm-hmm. that is universal in all cultures and all times. Um, it doesn't involve the model we use does not involve us um, waving magic wands and healing people um, we are creating a safe container and allowing people to access their own inner healer um, so it's an important distinction to make there because in the shamanic world there is a lot of uh, misuse and abuse of power and there's a you know a lot of controversy so we are very clear in our ethics and boundaries of how we work um, and that's important to, to recognize yeah. mm-hmm. mm. Mm. I like that. And just to mention as well, we have a Celtic tradition in Ireland that goes back many thousands of years and we're just reconnecting with, yeah. really we're just reconnecting. We're reconnecting to the cycles of nature, yeah. we're reconnecting to the land, we're reconnecting to our own ancestral and uh, spiritual traditions. So yeah. call it what you will, shamanism is a very loaded word, let's just call it nature connection, yeah. ancestral connection, connection to the land and that, that's it's better. Yeah. I, um, I'm studying yoga at the moment mm. to become an instructor but I'm doing it through the Celtic school of yoga. Mm, Jack Harrison, yeah. amazing man, yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing yeah. guy. Yeah. And um, I, there was cheaper ways of doing it, uh, quicker ways of doing mm. it, but integrating the that Celtic history uh, yeah. and viewpoint um, and the, the the mysticism I assume will come later because mm. he's there's a lot of lay people that are it's mm. too much too soon and I think that he'll integrate a lot of this stuff at the further we go along mm-hmm. but um, just that deep like for example one of the first things we did is we went to, into the walk we went on a walk to through the burn to a holy well and oratory that had a cave where uh, an old uh, monk used to meditate 
and uh, we got to the gate and he just said okay everybody we're gonna walk in silence for the next half an hour 20 minutes until we get there you know and that's that kind of thing where you're like in a, to a lot of people that would be kind of odd mm. yeah. and mm. but I think then when you're doing that it's you know stop with your own little mm. chat ch- chatter and actually take in everything that's around you and the beauty that's all around you that you are a part of mm. and the magic of this land mm. like this, yeah. that we've disconnected ourselves from mm. from our ancestral traumas from our epigenetic traumas past now we've, we've We've lost connection to ourselves as a race of people, Please. and now we're finding ways to reconnect. Whether it's walking in nature, uh, it's it's amazing. It feels such a wonderful time to be Irish, yeah. mm. to be reconnecting to this heritage, mm. our heritage. It's in our bones. It's in our DNA. So it's. Uh, I'm so happy I came home. I was living away for yeah. seven, eight years. Didn't want to come home. Came home, hated it, and then went deep into that. Why am I hating that? Yeah. Why? Like, what is that? Why am I fleeing? Why am I escaping? And it was like Rob said, there was ancestral trauma to be cleared there. And there is work to be done here, and um, it's very easy to emigrate and you know make money elsewhere. But it's hard to stay here and and do that ancestral clearing that we're all doing here. And yeah, we're reconnecting with all the old traditions, and mushrooms are one of those traditions, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's become a kind of a peeve of mine to see so many people looking elsewhere, looking outside, looking to South American shamans or Mexican shamans for their healing, when we should be building our own self confidence to do the work here. With our own native medicines Absolutely. and practices. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I had something to ask you guys, but it's gone out of my head. If I was to ask you a question that I haven't asked you yet, what would it be? I did have something to say. <laughs> what, what's the, the big picture? Well, for me, what's the future? And I would say, why are we so passionate about this? I think because the world is in crisis. Yes. You know, we don't have much time to get it, to get it, to raise consciousness, to waken people up. There are many, many ways of doing that. Yoga being one of them, and there's lots of them. Meditation, but I think I've come around to the conclusion that psychedelic use is the way to waken people up fastest, yeah. enough mm. people to shift consciousness. Let's stop going. It's going on business as usual. Back in UCD here, haven't been here in years. Like people going out in the world there, you know, like out to become lawyers and accountants or whatever they're doing. It's like, come on, the world is dying around us. We need to really change. Mm-hmm. Our, we need to change how we operate. All of us, collectively. And let's start doing it now. That's yeah. that's basically what I forgot that I was about to say was something very similar in that. I think that the world is going to destroying itself, but it's also, I don't know if it's equal, but it's, it's almost we're all waking up at the same time as well, collectively. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think this this... This seemed to have kicked off a little bit in the 60s and 70s, yeah. but it was, uh, as Alan Watts said, it was ill-disciplined. Mm. And um, he, he said that the people in the Zen Buddhist tradition mm. instilled discipline mm. in their Zen monks so that when they did become awake, then they had that, that discipline to actually guide it towards um, their, their intended goals rather than just a whole, you know, drop acid and drop out, mm. uh, which, which really while there is a valuable underlying message that looking in from the outside as a as someone who, who isn't part of that you'd look at it and go what a bunch of wasters you know <laughs> but really there's actually quite a deep understanding going on with that dropout message but you don't get it until you go there and um yeah what are your thoughts on that guys yeah i mean it- they're definitely deconditioning agents, you know. The the psychedelic experience will definitely awaken you to what 
doesn't work in society, what you've been taught that is false, that is not serving the greater good, which is the health of the planet in its entirety. Mm. So once you are deconditioned to those you know, negative thought patterns, which turn into actions, mm. you can start to construct your life um, and start thinking the right way, which and acting the right way, that is not destructive to the earth and yourself, uh, and th th those two things are flip sides of the same thing, you know. And, and you're exactly right what you said about discipline. So Ra Ramdas mm -hmm. mentioned that the great mistake they made in the 60s was that they thought that the psychedelic experience was going to change the world. And they were wrong about that because what it does, it awakens people, um, but it doesn't enlighten you. So mm -hmm. what is required on top of the psychedelic experience is discipline and some form of practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, meet them Embodied halfway. Practice. Yeah. Meet them halfway. Yeah. Like, you, it's, it's not let's say a permanent solution you yes. take mushrooms for depression yes. and the research says after six months 80 percent of people will be in remission according mm -hmm. to one study 67 percent after six months in another study but then what happens next it starts to, the effects start to fade mm. you know so you have to do half the work you have to meet them halfway mm. you get the message change your behavior mm. do more exercise eat better and mushrooms will tell you this, I don't know if you want to consider them a separate intelligence or something coming from deep down within you, they'll tell you how to change your behavior so that you're not sick all the time. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to go back all the time. They're not permanent. Mm. You have to meet them halfway. Mm. And that is, that, that's, that's what we're talking about is in terms of becoming enlightened and bringing in all the other tools. And when I do this work, I, the meditation really comes in, all the Zen practice really comes in, the yoga comes in, I can go deeper and uh, be safer because I have all the other practices that all the mystics and the ancients the others talk about it does not it's not either or you know you, they're all uh, tools eh? i've um, sorry um i was gonna say the deeper i'm going and the larger doses i'm taking it it is i have combined that with yoga mm. because it grounds me so it's it's almost like sharon has seen it it's basically if i just try and let's say i take a um, some psilocybin and I, the, the initial stage was, was, it's almost like there is a, a path in this, at least mm. a, a personal one. I assume it's different for everybody. But my path anyway was bliss at first. Then it was uh, fear. And then it was um, understanding the fear. Then it was integrating the fear and combining the fear with the, uh, with the, um, the love and realizing that it's all one. Mm -hmm. And then moving beyond that and then turning it into uh, not just a lying there and experiencing things but also like a moving practice where you're walking around in nature with your eyes open not giving yourself too far to the experience and, and not uh, I think um, Alan Watts said it again basically you, you don't want to go spend too long in heaven and you don't want to spend mm -hmm. too long in hell you have to walk mm -hmm. that, that line that path between chaos and order and so that, that was the next stage for me was to, to be able to function almost quite normally with with the uh, substances not let myself get taken too much but allow it to take me to a certain point even though the doses were getting larger and i feel like there is this progression that people are taking on to to get to a point where they 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 realize that the work is to be done in everyday life yeah and that you're being taught that you have been conditioned and people don't realize they've been been conditioned like anything that somebody says is is conditioning i mean the language that we have the fact that we're speaking english 
and not Japanese or Gelga. Irish yeah, or the, 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 <laughs> this, this language that we have is conditioning. Mm. It's not necessarily about conditioning, but it's, it's, it is dualistic language, which means it comes from the standpoint of a subject object. Mm. I am doing X. Um, so that is, I, I am looking at a tree. So therefore to even say that sentence means that there is something called a tree in reality. Mm. It is separate to me. Mm-hmm. And that's just the structure of the sentence. And it's useful to communicate with people, mm. but these have hidden underlying assumptions and conditioning within them, these sentences that people don't realize. Yeah. Mm. And even when you spell it out to them in English, mm. they're like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And then they continue on with their life. Mm. But the psychedelics will show you mm. that these conditionings are actually allowing you to live in a way that is totally disconnected from nature. Yes, that's exactly it. And effectively what we're doing, like you say, is rewilding people um, connecting them to themselves and through that connection with themselves to each other and to nature mm-hmm. um, and, and that's it and there's a great quote if it, it's not much use if it doesn't grow corn so it's all well and good having these mystical experiences going out and, and you see people like that they're caught up in their upper chakras they're lost yeah. but how do you embody that in your everyday life yeah. that's the key and that requires a moral and ethical code of an, an ability to change your relationships and change how you act with people change how you treat people and uh that, that's where the hard work is, the, the inner work, you know, the hard inner work. And that, that's the that's the fruits, I suppose, of the psychedelic experience. Yeah. I remember someone said to Joe Rogan, he's like, I don't want to do it because I don't want to just quit my job as a lawyer and become a yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Joe Rogan said to him, well, if you did that, you'd probably be much happier yeah. because you've been guided towards that. So the yeah. only reason you think that it would be a bad thing is because you're in this perspective you have yes. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you move to the other perspective, you'd actually realize that that perspective will actually give you everything you're looking for. Mm. So it's very hard when you're yeah. on the outside to look in. Yeah. And this is the whole thing, guys. You got to jump into the abyss sometimes and see what happens. Shake it up a bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the psychedelic experience is a bit like a snow globe in that sense. It's like, shake it up, shake it up, and you don't know where the snow is going to land, mm-hmm. but it's not going to land the same way it did before. <laughs> that's, very, that's very true for me. I struggled a lot. I struggled, but I struggled <laughs> a lot with applying it so I'd have the psychedelic experience, and then for three or four days afterwards, everything mm-hmm. was great. I was mm-hmm. applying, what, and I was, I was meeting it halfway, and then I just get possessed again. Get the contraction then. Oh man, I was yeah. hijacked again and I, it wasn't like, what was it like? And it was very difficult for me. And I'm only starting now, like it's probably been like eight times or something now. And it's only mm. beginning for me. Mm. That acceptance is happening for me and I'm, I'm doing mm. the things that will, I suppose, enhance the experiences I've had. And like, I mean, I would go to yoga now a lot. Super beneficial, mm. but I, I can get into, not, not by choice, I just end up in some meditative psychedelic state sometimes. Mm at the end of yoga in yeah. Shavasana or during it same yesterday it happened substances. to me and like uh, I was in the middle of the class so <laughs> <laughs> having this awakening I was like I had yeah. to kind of yeah. reel it in a bit I have I've had a few emotional releases in yoga Yeah, I yeah. came out of nowhere just bang and I was like sobbing yeah. but obviously keeping it to myself I wasn't yeah. like the freak in the corner who's crying <laughs> nobody understands <laughs> but like just massive emotional releases and coming out going oh that's what that was you know yeah. whereas I don't think if I'd, if I'd never had psychedelics mm. before that that would ever happen and I used to be one of those that would go to yoga and just do the motions of yoga mm. and mm. understand the concepts that they'd say and trapped and let go of your level. day and yeah. you're like sure mm. yeah you know, but it's completely different than when you're doing the, the things that are, are going to help you along this path yeah. after your psychedelic experience. It's completely different. Yeah. And you get to 
you, you truly experience it. I think you catch yourself, <laughs> don't you? You yeah. catch yourself like uh, uh, something that would piss yeah. me off is like, oh, they don't have my favorite biscuits in the supermarket. Yeah. And then I just burst out laughing at myself <laughs> in the middle of the supermarket. Get over yourself. Sorry, my life now. You know? like, if I'd react to certain things and I go, oh, I mean you can get there with loads of meditation yeah. you can get to that point where you just catch yourself having this and then those emotions only last a yeah. little uh, 10 seconds and then you're back to baseline I always yeah. describe it as that as well I say I catch myself yeah. I catch it it's like the famous Victor Frankl quote you know the, between stimulus and response there's a pause and in that pause is yeah. like our space for freedom mm. Yeah, it's very true mm. <laughs> catching ourselves <laughs> you still get triggered so you get triggered every day. Of course. So you're like, you get angry. Yeah. You get annoyed. You get sad. Mm. Otherwise, you're spiritual bypassing. You're just going into love and light, and that's not good either. Mm. You, so you need to feel the, the neg- so-called negative yes. emotions. Feel bad. Feel angry. But am I gonna like re- really yes. react out of that space? Yeah. Well, maybe still sometimes, but hopefully not way anywhere near as much as I used to. A lot to. less. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's okay that there's. That yeah. you get a little bit upset that they don't have your favorite biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to ruin your but day. Push it off. <laughs> yeah. like it wouldn't consume your day anymore. Or, you exactly. know, yeah. I used to find myself having conversations about scenarios that may occur. You know, in my head, I'd be like, I'd be saying, right, well, if she says this, then then, then I'll say that yeah. back. And, and then I'm thinking, that might never happen. <laughs> Just go see what's going on. Yeah. And the scenarios you play out in your head never happen. Yeah, all those yeah. chess moves. It's totally yeah. different to what you. Yeah. You're more present, up. aren't you? You're like, yeah. like, you can walk into the studio today. Uh, before, you know, this work, it might have been, oh my God, what's what, mm-hmm. I going to be? I have to talk about what, what I'm interested in, what I'm doing, I got to yeah. prepare. And it's yeah. like, you get to a stage, you're like, no, no, everything's just going to flow. You this just talk it. from the heart. Like, you know, don't, don't worry about the future. I don't have to prepare anymore. I used to be like, oh, I better prepare. Oh, no, I'm not prepared for mm-hmm. that, so I won't do that job. Or, mm-hmm. no, 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 don't, no, I'm not going to do that. And now I'm coming from the point of going, ah, sure, I'll give it a go, it'll work out, it'll be grand. Yeah. Always works out. Well, it's just always coming right. down a bit to neuroplasticity, you know, to go back to the yeah. psychedelic experience. What has been proven is that it does improve your neuroplasticity, yeah. the ability to kind of break through our like formal structures of mm. really rigid thinking of how we do things yeah. and allows us to kind of try new things. And you know, it seems to balance the left right hemisphere yeah. of the yeah. brain a little bit more as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to touch on the trauma mm. uh, aspect of things, because yes. um, um, karma. Mm. Uh, seems to be a word that's very misunderstood because people think that karma seems to be like um, like a cos- cosmic punishment or something <laughs> like that, you know. Um, but but it just it's your it's 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 almost like it's your it's your action. Mm. It's co- and so there's been a lot of action and events that have happened that needs that needs mm. to be taken on by by society and actually yeah. processed correctly. Um, because we all have our inter- our own personal trauma, and then there's trauma of society, mm. of our own little, let's say, let's say di- different subgroups, let's say feminine trauma. Mm. Then we have our country's trauma, Ireland's mm. history. Then we have just the universal mm-hmm. worldly trauma of war. Mm. And, and it seems to be what I've touched on is that the deeper you go into the psychedelic experience, the more you almost want to take on more um mm. i don't know how to express yes. this well can you do you guys are more you, of yeah. the suffering yeah i think you're getting into the shamanic realms now where yeah. You're, yeah you're not just do, you're doing your own personal work you're yes. starting to work for the collective yeah mm-hmm. and, and there's a huge need for that and mm-hmm. some people are drawn to that work yeah it's, it's amazing beautiful work um 
for example, there's so much going around the feminine and the masculine that's coming into the collective, the yeah. damage and the hurt and the pain that's been caused from centuries of abuse. It's all coming to the surface. And collectively, how do we go about healing that? That's a huge question. You know, it's... Without so, swinging the pendulum too yeah, far yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when the shamanic work comes in really in, into its own, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's curious to say that because I would get war images during psychedelic journeys. Wow. I'm like, I've never been to war. I don't think about war. Why am I seeing war images in my own journeys? Mm. And of course, there's no such thing as uh, mm. your own journey. Yeah. 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 Everything yeah. is part of the collective mm -hmm. yeah. on that level. Mm. And I was seeing the collective trauma of war, all these images of war. Mm. And my purpose in that was just to, to observe and to realize that the whole of, of the earth is observing wars. War. It's not just a human mm. thing. Yes. It leaves an energetic impact on all, all creatures. Of and earth from the even. perspective of the great you know, psychologist and psychiatrist Carl Jung, of course, it's the collective unconscious. We're all linked. You know, mm -hmm. we're not we're not this this Newtonian physics of just being separate entities, atomized. We are collective. We are together. And what happens to one of us happens to all of us. And it only only in the past 500 years have we forgotten that. So it's remembering. Actually, what we're doing is remembering that we are connected and the collective is so that what happened. How do we heal the collective? And That's the essential question for all of us going forward because we need to do it and we need to do it quickly. <laughs> and this is a good example. Yeah. I've been thinking about this myself. This is a very good example of how language doesn't capture it, mm. right? Yes. Because we use words like we uh, and us yeah. and yes. we need to, to realize that we're all one and things like that. Mm. But when you, when you use those sentences, the word we implies more than one mm. and that us implies more than one. But really, there's just there's just the one, mm, yes. and and even saying there's just the one, one implies two, yeah. mm. and other than one, which is why people call it non-duality instead of dual uh, instead of oneness and so on and so forth. Like uh, yeah, what's God's favorite joke? Two. <laughs> I'm laughing as God. <laughs> so I don't get it. <laughs> but you wouldn't get that. <laughs> so yeah, you, like you're, you're like everything you said is a hundred percent correct, and yet language can't cap capture it. No. So someone will try and conceptually imagine themselves as part of mm. everything, rather than actually feeling. Yeah, that, well, I mean, the, like you said earlier, the English language is particularly per equipped to deal with most of these things. Um, if you look at some of the linguistics of tribal culture, they'll be much more non-dualistic. Like mm. instead of saying, I see a tree, I think they'll say in some language to say, well, there is a tree and there's me, and then there's the act of seeing, mm. you know? Yes. You know? Yeah. It's not personal. It's not yeah. identified. And even, even anyway. Oskelga, we're, we're, yeah. we're better equipped for some of these things. We, you know, we don't say I'm angry. We say there's an anger on me. So you're not yeah. identifying with the anger, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think there's possession in Irish, is there? Exactly, yeah. So, I, yeah I don't no, think could, actually. I don't think, I think it's like, if, if like even if you have a car, it's yeah, like, the car, car is with me. It's with me, yeah, yeah. inside me. Yeah. So, hmm. language, more uh, language is crucial, yeah. Language is yeah. how we see the world. The world is made of language, as Terence McKenna said. Mm -hmm. And but English constructs a particularly materialistic mm. worldview. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we're conditioned to think that's the only worldview. Which it isn't, of course. <laughs> I wonder if um, uh, what's the name of the author? Nineteen eighty-four. Orwell, yeah. yeah. I wonder if Orwell was on to something regarding, you know, the the reduction of language mm. to the point where we, mm. we 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 filter the world only through these. In 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 nineteen eighty-four, anyway, they 
they removed language so much so that yeah. the people could only think in a limited way. Right. And I think that is actually what is what has happened. But I don't know if yeah there has been words removed or anything like that. But certainly the structure of it mm. is designed to limit our, our consciousness. And I, it's true. And I think we're at this point in well, really seminal point in human history right now. And it could go either way. We can mm. look, we're looking at it either a very dystopian future potentially, or there's a potential to, for us to t- collectively dream a new reality mm-hmm. and really dream a new reality of, uh, of shifting beyond the constructs of what have previously been thought about. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because everything is mind and we create our own reality. So if enough people start changing yeah. the re- their own personal realities, that will have an effect on the collective. And that's how it will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, we've got four or three and a half minutes to go. Is that anything you really want to touch on? Or if, if, if you want to explain to people how they will find out more well, about Inward Bound and so on? Well, even if we can just get you to share all of yes. your it social media, website, mm. stuff like that, when the next retreat is. Uh, plug yeah. away, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the plug. <laughs> uh, no, but go on to our website, inwardbound.ie, all one word, and you'll have all the information there about the retreats. Next one's in March, but it's full. Uh, can add yourself to the waiting list for that one, or come along in May, um, and then the next one after that is maybe September, um, and then the same on Instagram, and, and <laughs> Facebook. Uh, Instagram uh, is Inward Bound Retreats, and Facebook is InwardBound.ie. And yeah, we'd love to hear from anyone who's interested. If it, if it resonates with you, we'd love to have you on the retreat. Yeah, for sure. And because you guys are um, obviously situated in Ireland is there any uh, therapy or other uh, services you guys provide in Ireland we um, as part of the retreat service we offer consultations we have to be very careful with our language mm-hmm. um, we also have to be careful not to advertise in Ireland mm-hmm. so yes. we are catering for foreign clients primarily now, um, just to, sorry to interject but it would be if if I just wanted a therapist I would want yeah. someone who understands this stuff if, regardless if, of psych- psychedelics if you're looking for a psychotherapist um, I yeah uh, inwardbound.ie forward slash psychotherapy and you can do psychotherapy sessions with myself Rob Coffey mm-hmm. I'm looking for clients in Dublin City Centre that's separate from the psychedelic experience disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> but maybe uh, if someone yeah. has their own yeah psychedelic experience and wants to get in contact with people yeah. who understand the territory yes. yeah, it's rob at inwardbound.ie inward bound being the opposite of outward bound and can someone e- email you guys if they've had uh, maybe a difficult experience and want to help processing or things like that sure yeah okay great. fantastic we're very active in the community as well apart from the business side of things we're um, definitely very um, mm. engaged in the community level and uh, men's groups as well mm-hmm. um, Chris tells me about the last one yeah I just want to say that was amazing um, Rob was I suppose hosting it mm. uh, and we meditated a bunch of bunch of lads basically it was really great and we were sharing mm. whatever we wanted to share which is very empowering as in today's society you know with the with the the over overly masculine energy where we're, we're sort of subsiding that feminine that we have w- within us mm. to to be emotional mm-hmm. and so it was nice um speaking about the inner fire and in mm. which is a great celtic tradition and and I, I want to say thank you guys because and, and to anyone who's listening is like this show and Mark and I coming together wouldn't have happened without yes. you guys. Mm. Yes. Um, 
from the Magic Mushrooms Day. Uh, <laughs> we are just nine twenty. We celebrated International Magic Mushrooms Day. We had an event in Dublin. You guys came along. And we all had a good chat, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I, I, I'd love to know how to get involved in the legalization process on a day-to-day basis. To be honest, yeah. who, who do I email? Who do I contact? This stuff is very hard to find online. Mm. Like, who actually cares? Who do I contact? Well, yeah, we do run a community like called Shrooms.ie, mm-hmm. and that's gathering signatures. Uh, to, petition, to petition governments uh, we've been writing to the Minister for Drugs whenever they would ask for a public consultation so apart from the business apart from our band leave that to one side we are active in You're advocating that, we're advocating yeah. here yeah, on a personal level we want to, the law to change you know eventually yeah. and it will change it's on the, the ballot in Denver, Colorado mm-hmm. to legalize psilocybin and that will be voted on in May so if that is legalized, it'll create a little pinprick of, yes. or a wave Ripple of like a trickle, yeah. yeah. And then people start looking on, oh, okay, well, maybe we have to, you know, reassess our own laws based on what's happening abroad. I think we're living in a very exciting time, guys, and we're on, Good the, work, guys. on the forefront of something <laughs> very big. So congratulations and well done, and you're very brave. And Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys, this has been wonderful. Rob, David, Christo, Sharon, Mark, thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, yeah, good luck. Bye. Done. <laughs>